Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. Welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Bubble. With me once again, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We're back here to continue our series we've been doing, uh, ranking our top 10 players, uh, doing it draft style, uh, at the top uh, offensive positions in the NFL, heading into the 2021 season. We've already went through and done that with the quarterbacks and the running backs, and now we move on to the wide receivers. Dylan, we teased this last time. Uh, we said it was probably only going to get harder from here when we started with the quarterbacks. Uh, we were like, okay, it, was, it wasn't easy to pick the quarterbacks the way we did it, but, um, you know, running backs was tougher. I think receivers probably a little tougher than the running backs, although I think with all of these, once you get down to the final two or three, it becomes a challenge because you're like, okay, I don't want to leave this guy off, mm-hmm. but I also have to get this guy on the list. Uh, I think that could be the case here as we look at uh, the top ten wide receivers. Yeah, looking at the the group, like there's definitely a good like six, seven, eight guys. Where I'm like, all right, they have to be on, on this list. But then, like you said, once we get to the end of it, that gen- that next kind of group. I, I mean, obviously, a lot of us think about fantasy when we look at these kind of things, and you know, it's the same kind of way with the fantasy receivers. Like, all right, this this group of guys, like any of these, will be great to have. And there's this kind of bigger crop of dudes that any of them, depending on the season, depending on how everything pans out could end up being you know obviously a wide receiver much higher in their rankings and uh, obviously that's not exactly how we're making these lists we're trying to just uh, make it about uh, you know we are drafting these guys for our top 10 list based on this season alone same way you would in in a regular fantasy league but um, obviously there's a lot of things that these guys do outside of uh, catching the ball even uh, that can contribute uh, although it is very much (laughs) the one thing we're thinking about here so there's maybe a little more correlation here um of fantasy than I think of it then maybe even running back or quarterback in terms of how we're valuing guys there's always going to be some but um yeah the end of this list is not going to be easy and even kind of before the call I, like there's certain guys in here where, where I would not be you know I wouldn't be upset with someone saying oh this is my top 10 list this guy's number three another person saying number eight like yeah there's there's some room for interpretation with this group of you know all, all these guys are elite that we're going to be talking about today and uh, anywhere you group them in, I, I know they all, especially this position, they're a very competitive group. They love looking at rankings, love tweeting about how they're disrespected when some random person says whatever about them. So we'll give hopefully some someone feel uh, to the fire if we don't put them in our top three, top four receivers here. Well, we always do that with something. Um, so that would be nothing new. But to, before we jump in, a couple of items. Um, how are you feeling about your Rams now following the, uh, the Cam Akers news? more uh i'm not overly concerned for the rams themselves obviously i do think it is a a big loss but at the position i i think with daryl henderson obviously before his injuries last year he was in the top 10 of a dyar football outsider stat among running backs which takes out you know obviously the scheme and the the offensive line that he had in front of him so i mean he he performed well cam obviously there the rams were a lot better when he was on the field last year but they have some interesting young guys uh, to fill in kind of that second role. Obviously, Malcolm Brown's gone, but uh, I, the, the I mean, obviously, it's not that offensive line was a much different uh, group in 2018 when they made the Super Bowl, but we saw how C.J. Anderson just went in there and 
put up big numbers uh, immediately. Like it was no problem at all. I, I just think they're going to be able to to plug in somebody to make it work. But it, I'm more bummed for him because I mean, just based on what he was able to do last season, how he really came on so strong through the playoffs, and in particular in the, the stretch run of the season. Obviously, there were really high expectations for what he was going to be able to do. Uh, he's a great pass catcher. What is going to fit in really well next to Matthew Stafford? But I, I don't think in terms of the Rams themselves, um, you know, it, it'll make a difference. But I don't think it's as drastic as, um, say, you know, if they had lost uh, one of their top receivers like Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, that kind of position. Yeah, Cam Akers out. Torn, Easter, torn Achilles. Um, he will miss the entire season. So uh, that is uh, something noteworthy. And that's going to allow us to transition into the other item I want to get into before we start this ranking, which um, has to do with one particular player. Now, Dylan, I need you to play dumb here for a second because I've already told you the answer to this question. But um, do you know, and I'm, I want to hear your, your wow, emphatic, <laughs> uh, surprise response to this. Do you know who led the NFL in or who has not led? Um, who had the least amount of receiving yards in the NFL last season? I, when you asked me, I had no idea. <laughs> I did, I did guess the position right. It's yes. not receivers, despite our episode being focused on that. I, I guess quarterback, because um, I couldn't really <laughs> imagine any anyone who's paid for a living to catch a ball not uh, fin- finishing with. Yeah, not only did he finish with the, the least amount of yards, he finished with negative yards, correct? Yes, he did, and uh, he has been in the news recently, and what I mean by recently is, uh, I guess, probably about the past uh, year or so uh, when it comes to his status uh, with his particular team, and that is Aaron Rodgers, who, according to Pro Football Reference, uh, finished with negative six receiving yards last season on one attempt, one target. Uh, as we talked about, I don't know if that was, you know, based on just one of those plays where the ball just comes up, like he gets charged with the reception. I don't know how it went, but mm-hmm. um, that is uh, that that is a stat. And, of course, as we know, uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, what is go- like, what's going on? Like, we, we, have no, we still have no idea what's happening here. All we know is that, reportedly, he declined a huge extension, would have made him the highest play- paid player in the NFL. Um, so, clearly, we're nowhere near any conclusion on this whole deal. Yeah, I, I at, at this point it's anyone's guess. I don't think even to a certain point. I don't know, you know, if he knows exactly what's going to happen. Um, it's, I mean, it, I don't think at this point it, it really isn't. And it's the same kind of thing that we were saying back when it, because it, it came out previously, right, that he turned down at some sort of contract yeah. that was going to be something like this. But now that it's confirmed that he was going to be the highest paid quarterback, it, even at the time, and from his comments, it's clear that he's not insane like it's not about just the money like it's not like at this point for him think about how much he's made and all the endorsements he has and obviously there's a sign of respect by getting that kind of contract for you know to say like we are we have faith in you and we are committed to you for x amount of years but it sounds it already sounded like the damage whatever it is with the organization whoever exactly he's fallen uh out of faith with like it sounds like that that damage is already done so it, this feels like they were trying to, to plug a hole uh, with, you know, with some duct tape or something where it just was not going to actually fix the problem at hand. So, uh, man, it's like you said, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Crazy that we're only a couple weeks away from the Hall of Fame game. So, I mean, we're not we're getting there. And still, it's kind of like what we said, you know, back when. Uh, we, when this, all this stuff first kind of was happening, we were talking about even Julio Jones. I'm like, that trade's going to happen immediately. Like, that's, you know, yeah. soon. This Aaron Rodgers thing, I said it then, and it's bore out that way, and I, it's not like it's a unique take, but it, it really felt like it was going to be something that was going to drag out to the preseason and possibly into the start of the season. So 
Oh man. Yeah, it's uh, it's a mess still, and uh, me, king of the segways, uh, that's gonna send us right into our wide receiver uh, rankings, and that will start. Uh, I get the number one pick, and uh, yes, I'm gonna stay in Green Bay and go with Devontae Adams. Um, I think that for me, this really wasn't that hard of a selection. Uh, just because I, I think when you compare him to a couple of the others we're about to talk about, yes, these are guys that, you know, are game changers just like he is. But I think just what we've seen from him, if I'm going into this season, I want one wide receiver. He's the only one I can choose. I think I'm probably picking Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just been absolutely dominant. You think about <laughs> the numbers he's put up the last few years, and it's crazy to think where he came from. Obviously, he came into a really talented receiving room as a rookie, still had some big performances for the Packers back in 2014, but really the last few years, he's taken his game to another level. Always was a great route runner, but he's arguably the, the best. He's definitely one of the best. Yeah, you can put a few guys in that category with their ability to make, you know, run every route in the route tree, make plays in every part of the field, and obviously just elite in terms of how open they're getting, how many, you know, their catch percentage on their targets, their catch radius, all those kind of things. He's always near the top of the list. A guy that, uh, you know, draws a target 28% of his routes run, which is the highest rate in the NFL over the last three seasons. He's, he's a monster for fantasy. He's a monster on the field. It's not just because he plays with Aaron Rodgers. Any quarterback would have, have their lives be a lot easier by having a guy that gets as open as he does. It's as explosive as he does. Uh, all, uh, even though a lot of the, the great moves he makes are, uh, you know, immediately on his routes, he is still one of the biggest down uh, explosive downfield uh, uh, threats in the NFL. So, man, he does everything volume. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a, you know, a lot of guys will either will look at maybe not necessarily on this list, but there'll be guys that have higher volume uh, with a lot of receptions are going to be more valuable in your PPR situations, but they don't have that explosiveness or vice versa, right? They're getting a few big receptions for uh, big yardage he does everything he's the complete package and I, I don't think it like you said uh, even though this list for, for me is probably going to be there's going to be times where I'm going to be really battling with myself uh, as I make these picks I do think for you there De uh, Devontae Adams at number one makes a lot of sense yep I think that's the best starting point uh, I also think that the first several uh, may you know I don't want to say just you know completely consensus but I, I think there are you know, maybe two guys after this that, that I think are probably, you know, you probably have a hard time leaving them out of the top three. I guess we'll see what happens there. But um, that does send it to you uh, for the number two pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm between a couple guys here that I'm, they might be the, the two that you're thinking of. There there are some guys that, based on different lists I've looked at uh, preparing for this podcast and just other rankings, and I'm surprised that you really see uh, really drastic differences. Uh, one that's not going to be my pick right here, Allen Robinson is – on a he's fourth on PFF's rankings of top receivers, not even in the top ten for CBS. So that's exactly that's exactly what I'm. You, you can't take just the performance, and I I think that's you know we've kind of tried to define our list by uh, obviously numbers do matter, but uh, there's guys in, in bad situations. Um, I'm gonna go with the guy here though, in another great situation, very similar to what Devontae Adams has as long as Rodgers is playing. I'm gonna go with Tyree Kill yep. at number two. Um, obviously, just. I talk about explosiveness for Devontae Adams. There's no one more explosive than Tyree Kill. No one who's a bigger threat uh, to, to just completely tear other teams down. No one that is you as an opposing fan fear probably as much um, at the receiving position as Tyreek in terms of just that big playability. I've seen it in person at that Rams-Chiefs game. It was very frightening to watch him actually play in person. He, uh, for as small as the guys he is in terms of just his stature, obviously he's a very stout dude, and 
uh, has really been quite durable um, and takes a lot of hits. It's hard to hit him, though. Uh, so, yeah, a guy that, I again, I, the chemistry he has with Patrick Mahomes obviously is something that you have to take into account. And um, I just do th- – uh, same way, though, as Devontae. I just feel like any quarterback would be just – have their lives made so much easier. So it's just a perfect – you know, ideal situation for the two guys at the top of our list with the QBs they play with. Um, yeah, I do think, you know, even if they did play with uh, maybe not what Allen Robinson's dealt with, with the, on the Bears the last few years, but uh, some other kind of middle-tier uh, quarterback in your 16, 17 range on, on that kind of list, I still think he'd be putting up huge, huge numbers. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's it, the other guy you're probably going to go with soon for me was DeAndre Hopkins. but. Yeah. I, um, man, it's just, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those two at this spot. And again, there's other guys in this list that you can make an argument for. All this is just, just us really gushing about some of the most exciting players in the NFL, but they all have similar numbers at the end of the day and just similar uh, great performances week in and week out. Yeah. I'm going with the Andre Hopkins at three. I think that's, like I said, I was talking about, you know, really there's only other couple. I think these are the top three to me. Um, mm-hmm. I can understand there's a couple other guys we're probably about to get to pretty quickly that I think you can make the case for as well. But I think just for me personally, if I'm, again, going into the season, that's that's our criteria here. And we want, you know, the top guys and we have to rank them in an order. I think I'm going to put DeAndre Hopkins above the rest of the group that's available um, just because I mean, we talked about Kyler Murray. Like, yes, his development is going to be very important for the Cardinals overall. It's obviously going to be important for DeAndre Hopkins. But, I mean, he's still – Hopkins is, is still one of the best yeah. at making plays, and I just don't think, like you said, it's one of those where we talk about it. Like, you, you see guys dropping down our list here. I just – I don't think there's – there's probably no scenario where I'm going to say DeAndre Hopkins is going to be lower than, than three. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, same things we're kind of saying about these guys. Maybe a little more similar game in terms of his route running and how he plays to, to Adams. Obviously, Tyreek's kind of unique. Everyone's dra- trying to draft the next Tyreek Hill. It's not that easy, but – um, Hopkins, yeah, obviously just an elite, elite route runner, does everything super well in the intermediate parts of the field, still is more explosive, I think, than people give him credit for. Also saw, you know, even though his numbers, his depth of target was a career low last year at nine yards uh, average with the Cardinals, different kind of style than what we've seen, obviously, in the past with uh, him and Houston's offense, but you still see that elite, elite ability along the sidelines. He is one of the best dudes at uh, catching balls within one yard of the sideline. He had 14 catches tied for the most in the NFL last year. He also drops passes under a percent drop rate tied for the lowest mark of anyone in 2020 with at least 100 targets. So, I mean, uh, man, he's, he does everything and obviously uh, still can't believe that trade. That's uh, the Cardinals-Texans <laughs> trade that, uh, that sent him to Arizona still baffles me to this day because, man, he, it's and it always will. I don't think there's any way to undersell how valuable DeAndre Hopkins is and how much, no matter what his exact numbers are year to year and what happens in Arizona. I think another guy that just you immediately see any quarterback that plays with him, uh, that safety net, having that kind of guy is just so so valuable. Well, one of the many reasons why the Texans are uh, going to be likely the worst team in the NFL this season. So uh, that that is uh, a, a big one though when you consider where that franchise is, but. Cardinals in good shape because they do have DeAndre Hopkins. And now we go to you at number four, and I think this is where things start to get interesting because um, I think you can go several different directions here. Um, there's one guy in particular I would have in mind if I was at number four, but I'm curious to see if, if that's the direction that, that you're going to go in here. Oh, boy. See, this yeah, this is the part of the list where it becomes really difficult for me because I can make the argument for a number of people in my mind. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that I 
don't know if it's, if it's who you're, you're thinking here. He finished only behind Devontae Adams and, and Football Outsiders DYAR stat, and that is Stefan Diggs yes. uh, with the Bills. That was uh, it. Obviously, yeah, a guy that also, I mean, it's a, kind of a – uh, game of the chicken and the egg with Stefan Diggs' uh, numbers last year and Josh Allen. Is it Josh Allen performing way better because of Diggs or uh, Diggs because of Allen? And I think obviously both answers are right to a certain extent. I think Josh Allen took his game to a different level as we've talked about and when we talked about the, on the quarterback episode. Uh, not exactly a spoiler that he made our top 10 list uh, very high. Um, but I think Diggs also just as much as you know the, what Josh Allen did is because of his own personal improvement, their chemistry is very important, but Diggs himself has just always, always been uh, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Even you know sometimes his numbers fluctuated and always high, but like just a little bit in terms of what he was able to do in Minnesota with that offense. Uh, but with Buffalo, that was not the case. Obviously, he leads the league last year in receptions and receiving yards. So again, that the mix of the the high volume and the and the explosiveness that you're looking for uh, from any receiver, what, uh, whether you're a fantasy owner or a real owner, I another. You know, brilliant trade that what they're able to do, uh, at least like better return for Minnesota in this case, and worked out really well with a guy that I think will probably make our list coming up here from from the Vikings, maybe a couple guys actually. But um, I, yeah, Diggs is just man, he's he's absolutely insane. Uh, for me, I maybe even I, I might take him above uh, Hopkins in fantasy. I, I, that's see, that's the <laughs> that's the tougher take for me right here. But I do think Hopkins on a, on his own is probably a better receiver, but. I think that Diggs obviously just just ridiculous what he's able to do last year. Really uh, great contested catch numbers as well. Um, second best uh, in the league per PFF. So, I mean, guy that gets open, but when he's not open, still makes the plays. I mean, uh, man, he does it all. And I think he, he's – but he's a perfect example of a guy that, uh, depending on whatever list you look at, some of them he's going to be in the top five. Others he'll be towards the back half of the top ten, usually a top ten receiver still. But I think there's one other – guy that i maybe am underselling a pick here because he wasn't on the field a lot that i i should have probably considered but i still think i'll take digs at this point for 2021 well here's where things get interesting um because this is like you said they're they're like i've got some vikings here on my list uh there's a couple (laughs) guys who we've looked at as possibly you know the top two in the at the position in recent years that are also in that category um, and then there's our guy, Alan Robinson, who you mentioned, uh, is, yes. I mean, it's like, but that's where I think our criteria comes in. It's like, well, for this season, you know, and when we're looking at it, that scenario, I probably would still take Alan Robinson above the other. So I'm actually going to go with him here because wow. like you said, we've talked about him and I don't know again, whether that's just me, uh, you know, not necessarily fitting into the criteria that we're using to pick these, but I think if I'm just looking at it from a receiver standpoint, you know, I mean, I look up and down and I'm just like, this guy is, I think he's still one of the best. And I mean, I know, like, again, we're putting him ahead of Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, um, and all that. And maybe that's probably going to make your choice easier at six, but I just, I don't know. Like, I just think this guy is, is still, we've said it so many times on the podcast. Like he's, I think he's still one of the best. And, and I hope that, Maybe Justin Fields can kind of prove me right for putting him at five because um, if he actually has competent quarterback play, maybe we finally see that opportunity for him. Yeah, his advanced numbers are very similar to Diggs um, and even Hopkins to a certain extent. He doesn't drop the ball ever. Uh, he's uh, insane at cont- first and contested catches above Diggs. And he, but he, like, he's the perfect 
case study like you're saying for what we're talking about in terms of what the production is and what the actual value is. These, the stats were just staggering when looking over the stuff before on, on him. So his quarter in 2020, the Bears, not surprisingly, ranked sixth to last in passing grade from PFF. But he also saw the most more inaccurate targets, like just the total volume of them, than uh, anyone in the NFL by, that's not surprising. Uh, mar- by double digits, <laughs> like more than double digits. So uh, yet despite that, he was third in there. And they do kind of similar to baseball wins above replacement war stat. He was third uh, of all receivers. Uh, so, Incredible. I mean, it's – it's yeah, it's insane. So it's just think about he's the guy that maybe on our list ends up. <laughs> I think he's in a good spot, but he could be hired depending on what we don't know. Like I, I say, like Adams and Hill, like yes, obviously they're one and two on our list and uh, deserve to be with what their production is and what they do. But maybe if <laughs> if you just plugged Allen Robinson into uh, playing with Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, maybe he would be just for us like oh yeah, no brainer, like number two, number three, whatever. So I think he, I think he, I'm glad you picked him here. I probably would have. It would have been tough for me to, to not pick him, but there are obviously still a lot of good names in this list. But I, I do think he he deserves to, to make the top ten, obviously. And I, I do think uh, – I think at five is probably justifiable. Um, I think he's just put in year after year. You see the production or the, you know, the performance and what he does himself. And just uh, hopefully, like you said, hopefully finally with Justin Fields, hopefully they don't wait too long to start him. I'm all, all for – uh, them waiting to start fields in week one against the Rams, let Andy Dalton come over to, to SoFi and see what happens. But uh, and uh, eventually I'd love to see fields on the field very quickly for the Bears and yeah, hopefully for Robinson. He obviously seemed very uh, excited with his comments on social media after the draft pick, his public comments, and potentially now won't be, uh, you know, there's a while where it looked like he was going to want to move on from the Bears. Maybe that won't be the case depending on how this season goes with Justin Fields. Well, here's where, again, we've said it before, but, like, here's where things get interesting because, like, there are a pair of, like, on several teams here where you've got, like, mm-hmm. you've got Titans, you've got Vikings, yep. you've got Bucks, Like, you've got a pair of receivers that we haven't even gotten to yet at this point. So this is where we're like, okay, like, some of these guys are not going to make the top ten. And now it's like, all right, how do we how do we narrow that down? Because there's not just those guys. Like, there are other guys sprinkled in there, too. So... Um, I'm interested to see where you go with this next one because that's kind of, I think, going to dictate who eventually gets left out potentially of this this top ten here. This this is really really tough. Um, I I'm between I think three guys right now. Two two from the uh, from your Tennessee Titans there with Julio <laughs> and AJ Brown, and I think the the guy after I have is Michael Thomas. I, I'm going to go with Michael Thomas just because I I, I think the injuries from last year at the, a certain point kind of took away i don't know though man i, I do want to see what happens with with him and a, a different quarterback there than drew Brees. so yeah oh boy this is this is tough and like you said obviously the, the couple of the vikings i uh, obviously the bucks and then i think of guys like uh, probably aren't gonna be in the top 10 but some list they're as high as like four i, I <laughs> forget which side it was that had dk metcalf four he's 15th yeah. on pff's rankings and it's like you just see that that difference in and the stats so this yeah this is where it gets really tough for like you're saying um jeez <laughs> man and like all these guys like a lot of this group of the advanced numbers the dya numbers are about the same too a lot of these guys are in that three to six range oh man oh gosh i'm gonna you know this might be uh i don't know we'll see if, uh, i don't know if this is controversial i feel like he's probably going to rank on a lot of lists in the same area, but I'm going to go with A.J. Brown, yeah. actually, um, just because of the, obviously, what Julio's done in his career is 
beyond a lot of the guys on this list, potentially all the guys on this list at this point. But uh, we're talking about just 2021, and I do as well. While I am really optimistic about what Julio does in that offense, I'm going to just give AJ Brown a slight nod. Um, he's just been, uh, you know, even if immediately uh, a phenom for them, but even especially last year. I mean, just took it to another uh, another degree. Um, the last couple of years, an average yards route per run. I mean, he's he's insane with how explosive he is, how physically imposing, obviously, he is. But um, of this next, like, group of really young receivers, I think we kind of forget how young he still is. I think A.J. Brown is definitely at that top of that group, maybe with one other guy again that uh, I mentioned from the Vikings, the replacement for Stephon Diggs. I do think he might be picking him pretty soon as well. But, yeah, man, it's I just had a hard time leaving him off this list too much further because, like, I don't know. I think he, he belongs somewhere in the six to seven range, somewhere like that. Um, but again, you can make the argument for a lot of these guys. Now at this point, like I, I, I really do feel good about our top five at this point. I feel like <laughs> it's going to be more of just, you know, it's not even, it's not really, it's the opposite of pick your poison, but it's like, pick your, <laughs> we're going to be frustrated it. with someone that we leave yeah. off this list. Yeah. Like in, all these guys are good. Well, so and, good. and like, this is incredible, but like, I'm going to go with Julio. Like we're going to have two Titans here back to back in the top seven. Yeah. And think about that. Like we've talked about that over the years, like with the Titans and wide receivers and, um, you think back and we're like, what if like, you know, name the Titans best wide receivers that have just been absolute superstars, like in terms of the league and like all of this, like we thought back to Derek Mason and, and guys like that. But, you know, we're like, where, where, like, where are the rest? And that's just never been because the Titans have always had pretty good tight ends. We know the running back situation, um, you know, quarterbacks wise, like there have obviously been some good quarterbacks that have come through, but it's like, wide receivers kind of always been that position where it's been very up and down, but like mm-hmm. now we're sitting here talking about them potentially having two of the, you know, in our rankings now, two of the top seven, some could make the case that potentially they're even two of the top five in the NFL. And I just think it's going to be a fascinating dynamic because, Oh, by the way, they've also got the number one guy in our running back rankings and Derrick Henry <laughs> um, and our number eight guy in the quarterback rankings and Ryan Tannehill. So yeah, it's pretty crazy to think where this Titans offense is going to be now if everything goes according to plan uh, with the addition of Julio Jones. The Titans are going to be one of the most popular teams on red zone this year, whether they're on the field, on offense, or defense. I yeah. feel like um, it's going to be a lot of high-scoring, fun games. going to sell um, a lot of jerseys, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a, lot of fan, a lot of happy fantasy owners are going to become Titan fans after this year. But, no, I think Julio uh, he probably was the guy that I was – uh, looking at the most here outside of, as I mentioned, Michael Thomas, I just, the more I look at the numbers and obviously last year had injuries, I just, I, I'm, I want to see it. And I, I'm not trying to disrespect him and give into the narrative that has kind of uh, come across for Thomas the last few years, but Julio's just on another level. And I do think we, you know, he's, he's 32, but he's not like, he's not playing like some receivers that get to that age. Like he's still, when he was on the field was insanely productive last year um the, the one set of receivers with over 50 targets uh, he turned he had the the highest rate of turning his targets into 15 plus yard gains of anyone by six percentage points at 35 percent he's a uh, really hard guy to bring down in the open field still runs every route well still has that elite speed still does everything insanely well obviously a first ballot hall of famer when he finally retires even if he had chosen to after last year so um i think he he fits in on this list where we are again talking about just this one season and uh yeah man i, I think julio I, maybe the trade value was getting undersold again because of just his age but it's not like 
I don't think he, he really, I know he had some injuries. He didn't, but not the kind of injuries that are a warning sign for a guy that's aging out. I, I just feel like he's, gets, he gets bullied around quite a bit, but with all the talent they have on, on that offense, they're not going to have to target him quite as much. But I do think Ryan Tannehill is the biggest winner of this offseason with all the guys he has around him. Uh, so I think Julio, very deserving of that seventh spot on this list. All right, now is where I think like we're playing defense here, where it's like I, I gotta like make sure we don't leave certain guys off this list. But we're let's think about like we have three spots left, and let's just recap here. We still have Michael Thomas. Uh, you've got the Vikings receivers. You've got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Uh, you've got Calvin Ridley. I think someone from the Falcons you could put. Mm-hmm. You mentioned DK Metcalf is someone else that's a possibility. Uh, by the way, the team that won the Super Bowl, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, they're not yeah. bad either. Uh, so what is that? That's like seven guys. Oh, and, and let's not forget Amari Cooper, who's going to get his quarterback back. Um, so it's like that's seven or eight guys right there that you're looking down saying, uh-oh, <laughs> well, we can't fit we can't fit all seven or eight of those into these three spots. So this is where things get interesting here at number eight. I Yeah, I've man, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're going to trade so, the pick to um, to the Browns. There you go. Yeah, that's, uh, like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'd much rather be picking, yeah, in like that 13, 14 range when we get down to that point. I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe this guy didn't go in the top 10. I'll sound all, yeah. all nice at that point. Um, this is our own so fault. Other, we should have made this a top 15 from the start, and then we'd geez. be fine. So. Other guys that are uh, trying to think, like Keenan Allen, too, would probably mm-hmm. be someone that's going to be end up being left off this list that probably deserves not to be. I, it's just, yeah, there. this is insanely tough, and uh, I, I this worked out again like it did for the quarterbacks for you. I feel like each – yeah. At least so far. We'll see with your number nine pick. Um, man, that's – wow. Looking at all the numbers, the different uh, advanced numbers, it it's like you can't really go wrong with a, a certain group of guys at this top of this list. Boy, um, you know, <laughs> got to give one of the Buccaneers some love, and I'm going to give it – Oh, some wow. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know, though. I, I, I thought about – uh, one guy that I'll probably pick for sure if he's there at number 10, we'll, we'll see if you pick him. Cause again, I, I think you can go in a lot of different directions with these last couple of picks here, but I mean, obviously he had injuries for parts of the season, but when he's on the field, still one of the most valuable receivers in the NFL, still one of the most explosive guys, a guy that even before Tom Brady there was putting up insane numbers, uh, only, only got better. I, he just bodies everyone. Um, and yeah, just a guy that probably maybe not, uh, because of fantasy, I mean, he still gets a lot of everyone knows who Mike Evans is, but probably just doesn't get because he's never just been by him, like himself necessarily. Like he's he's kind of had some good, really good number two targets with him, and the Bucks lack of success at certain times. I just I, I think he belongs in this group. I, I put him kind of along right alongside some of the guys we just said. I it's but again, right? I just don't think you can go wrong with any of there's yeah. 15 might have been a good number. It would have been tough to leave off one of these guys from the top 15, but I do feel a lot better looking at the, the, the top 16 or so receivers and then having like a gap. But there's it's really tough with any of these guys that come next. I, I, I couldn't fault anyone for disagreeing or making an argument for a different receiver here at number eight. Yeah, like it's <laughs> – well, now like I'm in the spot where it's like if I don't if I don't pick one of these guys – and you don't pick them, then I'm like, oh boy, like this is just like, because I'm thinking that I'm like, we can't possibly leave Michael Thomas out of the top ten, can we? But I'm also <laughs> like, there's another guy that I really don't think I want to leave out of the top ten. Um, but I, it's that situation where if I don't pick him and you don't pick him, I'm like, uh oh, 
Oh man, this is tough. Um, I, I'm at least glad. I, I will say I'm at least glad you got one of the bucks on there because I, I was thinking, are we going to do this top ten and the, <laughs> you know, two guys are responsible for a Super Bowl last season and we're just going to say, ah, no, sorry, you're not on here. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you you could make the case too, I guess, for Chris Godwin if you wanted to. Like he's someone yeah. else that could be in the right top there. ten as well. So. All right, I'll just say it's it's down to two for me. Like there are two guys, and and honestly, I don't want to leave either one of them off the list. But I don't know if you're going to pick the other. But it's Michael Thomas or Justin Jefferson, and yep, that's I'm just it for me too. okay. I'm well, glad ho- we're on the same page there. All right, well, hopefully you're you aren't going to change your mind in the next two minutes because this makes me feel <laughs> a little bit better because I'm like, all right, well, hopefully you'll pick the other. But I'll go Michael Thomas uh, at nine uh, again. I, I just think that it's so hard for me to leave him off this list. But I do yeah. understand though the because as we said, we always go back to this, like this is our criteria for this season, but there are more unknowns with Michael Thomas this season than there has been before. I don't, and I don't know that that's his fault. Like, I think it, it's part of it is just, I think, again, knowing there's going to be a completely different dynamic there with the saints. Um, and so that is why he's probably slipped down our list a little bit, just based on how we're ranking these. Uh, but I don't think I could still put him any lower because I, I, I feel like even if, you know, Drew Brees is not there and, and, you know, whoever the quarterback, however it unfolds, like it's not going to be a situation the same as Drew Brees, but I still think he's going to be the most dominant receiver, um, you know, on that team. And probably most yeah. of the games they play, he's going to be probably the, the best receiver on the field. Uh, and so it's like in that scenario, I just don't think I can, I can probably put him any lower. So. No, I had to include him in the top 10 because yeah, even though he, so if you hadn't picked him, I'm glad that we were on the same page there. I would have definitely <laughs> taken him at number 10, even with other guys that could be deserving. I just, like, obviously he wasn't healthy last year, and yes, he's played in really great offense that, that you know, uh, caters to his skill set. Um, obviously another great 50-50 ball guy that, while definitely not the, the biggest deep threat like some of the other guys in this list, still uh, gets chunks to yard. It's still really hard to bring down. Just so reliable, so methodical with how the the Saints have have drawn it up. And I, I am excited to see what he still does, even without Breeze there. Uh, if you know, just going back to when he was fully healthy in 2019, he was the top receiver in DYAR in the entire NFL. I mean, that that stat does take into account. You really do need to be on the field for it to 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 be one of the top guys. Um, but obviously, your production too. It, it does take into account your team and the talent around him. So. Yeah, he still put up insane numbers. Uh, still has been the third highest P- uh, PFF uh, receiver since coming into the NFL since 2016. One of the most productive route runners um, in, in terms of yards per route run in his entire career in the entire NFL. So, yeah, he, he had to be in this list. And a guy that, uh, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see what happens this year, but a guy that you feel like when he does have a, a top 10, top 15, even quarterback play, like he's going to be really productive. And uh, uh, still, obviously, there's a reason he's been – uh, you know, if if he hadn't been injured last year, maybe we would be a lot higher on this list. Um, uh, still one of the best receivers in the NFL just because he doesn't have, you know, the, the flashiest kind of game uh, like some of the guys on this list. Maybe that's sh- uh, shouldn't be held up against him, really. All right. So we're in agreement. You're picking Justin Jefferson, so I don't have to be upset about leaving him off the list. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, obviously there's a lot of guys we've named, Thielen, Godwin. Godwin, another guy in 2019, he was second DYR. Obviously had some injuries this year as well. Uh, as I say, Thielen, there's DK. Like, there's guys that are deserving. But, I mean, what Justin Jefferson did was just ridiculous, obviously, as a rookie. Um, so that's the thing. Like, he hasn't had the, the track record maybe of these guys doing year after year. But I, it's the same, you know, 
<laughs> you always wonder with some of these receivers that play at, at big time schools that yeah they they're, they come from a great offense and a great quarterback and a great system and you saw what Jefferson did and they're I was almost held maybe against him and we saw guys that were getting drafted over him and it, you know obviously we were really enamored with him and couldn't understand why we had him higher in our our mock draft in in 2020 but uh, man he even though I thought he'd fill in really well fit the the build of the Stefan Diggs um, you know like putting that kind of player into that system with the Vikings I thought he made a lot of sense. I did not anticipate him obviously having one of the best rookie seasons ever. Um, just He was just shy of the rookie record set by Odell for the highest receiving grade from a rookie quarterback by PFF or corner, uh, receiver by PFF. Uh, just barely beat out Devontae Adams in his rookie year. So, I mean, he was just unbelievable in single coverage. He, he does benefit, yes, from having Adam Thielen on his team, having that, that kind of number one, 1A, 1B uh, receiving situation there. But uh, he... Dude, he did everything well, um, even more uh, better than I thought he might have been a, a, at being a kind of contested catch kind of guy and uh, making plays in quicker traffic, uh, not when, when he doesn't just have like a wide open situation. He he did it all. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a reason that he <laughs> put up the numbers he did. He finished third in DYAR too. So it supports the fact that, you know, only behind Diggs and, and Adams he was in terms of his own production on the field. Uh, regardless of the team around him. So, Manny, uh, I think he had to be included on this list. But, again, I feel like some people might say that about some of the guys who left off. This is this <laughs> had, this this had one had, at least for me, the, the, the biggest group of people that are off the list that you feel like could have been on there. Like for the quarterbacks, you're like maybe one, two guys. You could see it. Same with the running backs. But I feel like there's five, six guys um, from from Metcalf to, to Thielen to Godwin. I mean, there's a number of guys, even Tyler Lockett, man, like Calvin Ridley. There's so many guys that that are on this this kind of range. And depending on the season, you're gonna be not so sure about. But you know, it's gonna kind of fluctuate probably more than most of these uh, lists that you're gonna make. But I, I think what Jefferson did was just on a level high enough where he had to be he had to be somewhere on this list. So yeah, I'm glad I, we glad we got him and Thomas in here at the end. I had to close close my list of players because I didn't want to go to keep going down to figure out all the other. Oh, I'm frustrated. I left this guy off or this guy off. So I, I don't even. I'm not even thinking about anybody else now because I'm like, this is it. This is our top ten. <laughs> we're not we're not going back on it. So uh, there you go. There are our top ten uh, wide receivers in the NFL uh, in our draft style as usual. But uh, yes, a lot of good players on there, and like you said, a lot of good players that we left off the board as well. But uh, we will get more into not just uh, the receivers and the individual players, but also the actual teams and the divisions and all of that as we do each season. Uh, we'll have that coming up here, uh, you know, pretty soon now, Dylan, because uh, we are marching closer to the start of the season. The preseason will be started before you know it. Uh, but uh, I know you guys have a lot of stuff going on over Clutch Points. Of course, the NBA Finals uh, going on as well, and uh, lots of stuff happening over there. Yeah, you can follow the rest of the NBA Finals. Well, potentially by the time you listen to this, it could yes. be the end of the NBA could Finals if the Bucks win tonight, uh, tomorrow for when you listen. Um, so yeah, if yeah, otherwise, Game Seven, you can follow on the Clutch Points app. You can follow all of the MLB action going on. A lot, a lot of or shaping up to be some good races and uh, division races at least, uh, depending on the league. And then uh, yeah, NFL won't be too long before you can follow the preseason games in the Clutch Points app as well. we'll make sure all that's ready to go we're gonna have more fantasy content coming pretty soon i know people are starting to do their research so it's, it's about time we start getting a little bit more content up on clutch points to, to preview uh, to get you ready for your fantasy drafts we've mostly been focused on a ton of preview content 
for every team in the NFL. Um, you, you know, looking at last moves that teams can make before training camp, different guys that are on the on the roster bubbles, that kind of stuff. But now that we're really going to be starting, it'll be a lot more news coverage. So you can follow that in the Clutch Points app and on ClutchPoints.com, the NFL section. It's going to be fun. Like you said, we'll have our, our previews for the divisions coming up. And it's, yeah, it's, it feels like sometimes in July you're like, wow, really the season starts just creeping up on you. And now, now the Hall of Fame game. Obviously, last year we had no preseason. Now we have the Hall of Fame game here in just a little over two weeks. It's starting to feel a little more real. Yep, it is for sure. So uh, be sure to check everything out there. And like you said, uh, season will be here before you know it. So uh, check it all out, Clutch Points, and be sure to subscribe uh, to the podcast. Uh, any podcast app you use, you can search for us there and subscribe. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past Podcast.